Here are the five items on today's Cigar Dave show. Number one, Winston Churchill cigars auctioned for big money. Number two, we lose Olivia Newton-John. Anybody growing up in the 70s and 80s that didn't have a crush on her was definitely not a virile young American male. Number three, welcome to the Banana Republic of America. Number four, a big brisket heist in Texas. And number five, we end on a fantastic Buddy Hackett joke. This is the Cigar Dave Show, presented by Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage, crafted through centuries of traditions. Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant, the five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver. Offered in both Corojo, Maduro, and now Connecticut presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. This is the Cigar Dave Show with the General. What a week we have had. Where do I begin? I'll tell you where I begin with our proper introduction, and that is Long Ash Greetings and Salutations, a Long Ash Snappy Salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the Biden regime. Save America. It is your global five-star general and alpha male and chief cigar, Dave, front and center from Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa. We all know some of the legendary cigar smokers throughout the years and probably the most famous politician, leader, especially during those World War II years, the great Winston Churchill. Known for his umpteen, somebody said he may have had 10 cigars per day. I would absolutely believe that. The guy always had a cigar in his mouth, and he always had a whiskey at hand. And yet, he was one of the great uh, statesmen of the world. Maybe there is something that today's leaders could learn. Cigars, whiskey, it's a good combination. 10 of Winston Churchill's personal La Corona cigars were sold at R&R Auction, or RR Auction, this week in Boston. Churchill was reportedly first supplied with these La Corona cigars with his name on the band in 1940 as a gesture of support by New York businessman Samuel Kaplan. Now, at one time, La Corona was a very big Cuban brand. In fact, Consolidated Cigar, the predecessor to Altadas, which makes the Monte Cristo, a Chapman, Romeo y Julieta, they came out with the La Corona. They reintroduced the La Corona, I want to say right around 2000, 2002, somewhere in that area. It's actually a very good cigar, no longer in their portfolio, but they brought it back. They own the trademark, a very well-known Cuban name, La Corona. And when you think about Churchill, the guy always had that quintessential cigar in his mouth. In fact, we have seen the dangers of revisionist history and political correctness that were on display when at the Churchill Museum there was a big 
big banner, a giant banner above the entryway. This is going back, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, 10 years ago, somewhere along that, that timeline. And they had a very famous picture of Churchill. There's always a famous picture. He's in like a top hat, had a cigar in his mouth. Well, there was one thing missing in that picture. The cigar was photoshopped out. And of course, there was outrage. People said, wait a minute, this is revisionist history. This is incorrect. We're not going to change this, but this is exactly what took place. Churchill, known by his cigar. This would be the equivalent of George Burns, the comedian who always had a cigar. Milton Berle always had a cigar, saying, we don't want, to, we don't want anybody to see that he smokes cigars, so therefore we're going to cut it out. Revisionist history, political correctness does not work. Very dangerous slope when you start to revise history to meet your modern-day requirements. We're seeing it all over the place today. The box of 10 cigars was originally given to Churchill, or was given uh, by Churchill to the recipient who was employed as an, in an official capacity as a wartime attendant for Churchill between 1940 and 1945, according to the brother of the recipient in a letter of provenance accompanying the sale. Ten cigars, the cigars by Ivarez El Pez y Sia of Havana, with each cigar featuring a red imprinted band in white with Churchill's name upon it, were auctioned off. Ten cigars, the initial estimate, $8,500. It brought in, this past Wednesday evening, $19,159. That is $1,915.90 per cigar. No cigar, in my estimation, is worth that. Will any of these cigars be good to smoke? Probably not. Will the purchaser smoke any of these cigars? Probably not, but it's a collection piece. And it's not even in great condition. I've seen boxes from pre-Cuban and especially Churchill cigars that are much, much in much better condition. The box is a little bit frayed and torn on the side. There are 10 cigars that are left. The bands are kind of sliding. The wrappers are coming undone. But nonetheless, $19,159 for 10 cigars. Would you, I would not, listen, there are great cigars out there. To me, I'll take a Padron Family Reserve. Yeah, I'll spend $25, $30 for a Padron Family Reserve. I'll spend good money for a Davidoff. Absolutely. A Fuente, Fuente Opus X, sure. They're good cigars. Would I go and have them every day? No, but it's a good special occasion cigar. But to spend $500 a cigar, $85, $100, we are seeing the price of Cuban cigars now. They have raised the price effective July 1st. You're talking now for... A Cohiba, you're talking anywhere between 100 to 130 bucks a cigar, sometimes more. Who is going to pay that? No cigar is worth that. I always say there is no correlation between the price of a cigar and the satisfaction you derive from a cigar. If you went out today and had a five, six, seven dollar cigar with people that are no longer here on the planet, 
Maybe your grandfather, maybe an uncle, maybe a great friend, a relative, your father. How much satisfaction would you get from that five, six, seven dollars cigar? Being able to enjoy it with someone whom you are closely attached, someone who you is dearly beloved to you. It's priceless. You don't have to spend a hundred dollars, five hundred dollars to do that. Don't ever be swayed by saying, I've got to go spend twenty, thirty, forty dollars for a cigar. You don't. That's why manufacturers make cigars in various price ranges. You look at Padrones. Their base Padrones are in the five, six dollar area. Now, if you want a Padron Family Reserve, sure, it's going to be probably thirty, thirty-five dollars. That's a different story. Special occasion cigars, sure, spend it on. But to do it every single day, you don't need to spend thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred dollars to enjoy a cigar. No way would I ever spend almost twenty thousand dollars for a box of stale Cuban cigars, and I don't care who owned them. End of discussion. But to the purchaser, congratulations. Enjoy. Maybe you'll smoke it. Maybe you'll come out and let us know how it is. But in my estimation, the cigar is probably dry, probably brittle, probably just going to be placed in a case for display in the future. We had sad news that took place earlier this week. For those of us that grew up in the, or were young, I'd say kids, adolescents, in the 70s, even in the 80s, going into our college years, you think of some of the great singers, people, iconic women who we all had crushes on, whether it was Farrah Fawcett, Charlie's Angels, certainly Olivia Newton-John has to be in that category. Phenomenal singer, great voice. Here's what's interesting, is that her first hit was if not for you in the United States in 1971, hit the top 25. But when she came to the United States in the mid 70s, 72, 73, 74, she actually was named the country music performer of the year, the new country music performer of the year, which I thought was interesting, but she certainly crossed over. And think of some of the, the great songs along the way. Have you ever been mellow? Have you never been mellow? I honestly love you. Um, Xanadu, you got to think of Xanadu. Magic, you have to believe we are magic. Let's get physical. Who doesn't remember that one? Let's get animal, baby. She was in the 1980s workout tights. And then, of course, 1978, the movie Grease. The soundtrack sold 14 million records. And two of the big songs that were out, certainly Grease by Frankie Valli was, was a big one. But let's face it, when you think about Grease, Olivia Newton-John, You're the One That I Want with John Travolta, and then Summer Nights. Great performer. I did not realize that she opened for Don Rickles in Vegas in the mid-1970s. I did not know that. Two great performers. And very sad, she had battled breast cancer thir over 30 years, three different times, taken way too young at 73. And it's interesting, I watched some, some video clips of various newscasts from across the world, certainly Australia, here in the United States. Everyone, every reporter, every anchor, everyone without a fault said she was absolutely delightful to deal with. What you saw on camera was the same as you saw off camera. 
So she has transitioned. Olivia Newton-John, if you are like me, where you grew up in that era, I mean, when Grease came out in 1978, I was just starting high school. That was the summer I graduated grade school, eighth grade, about to go into high school, going into ninth grade. So I was 14 years old. And I remember going to see Grease. I think Saturday Night Fever was around that time as well. Maybe it was a little bit later. But I definitely remember seeing Grease. Everybody saw Grease. And if you didn't see Grease once, you saw it twice, even three times. And then, of course, you had to go out and get the record. No CD. There was no Spotify. There was no Apple Music. You went out to the record store and you bought it. I can still see the cover green with Travolta on it. And Olivia Newton-John, the letters, you know, the word Grease, I can still picture it perfectly. Great songs on there, great tunes. And I even remember transferring it to my tape recorder. That was before Walkman came around. I think Walkman came around right around, I would say maybe 19, yeah, probably around 79, 80, somewhere around that, that year where you could put the headphones on and you could have the cassette and the sound was off the charts Crazy, crazy, crazy. Hard to believe it was that long ago. But Olivia Newton-John, one of the great singers, wonderful voice, wonderful to look at. I think every American kid growing up at that time had a crush on Olivia Newton-John. Sergeant Steve, now you are younger than I am, but were you? Do you remember Olivia Newton-John? Greece? Does that was that somewhat in your era? Not when I was. Not when, when it came out, no. I was a little before my time or my recollection. Right. So, but then afterwards, but, but certainly yeah, as everybody as, as, now you knows know, Yeah, you knew it as you, you, know, you grew up in a teenager and that, yes. Yep, exactly. Well, Olivia Newton-John, gone at 73, wonderful voice. In fact, this week I went through on Spotify and listened. I had a whole bunch of, of, her, of her albums that I'd already favorited. But I went through and listened. She had just she was wonderful in, in live performances, just some great, fantastic songs. And of course, she will live in eternity through her music. Olivia Newton-John, rest in peace. The International Cigar Litation Ceremony will come your way next. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers... Full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. I am pleased to report that all of the finally... The June Officers Club selection, the Gurkha Revenant Vertical Sampler, they have all shipped out. They all went out last week. If you have not received it yet, you should be receiving it any day. Certainly those of you in the Southeast should have received it. The Northeast, Midwest, and now probably West, Hawaii, Alaska, you will be the last. But by now, you should have begun to receive or have already received 
your June Officers Club shipment. Why was it delayed? Well, number one, we had a brand new cigar that's not available to anyone yet. The new Gurkha Revenant Connecticut is featured part of the Gurkha Revenant Vertical Sampler from our June selection. It also included the Gurkha Revenant Corojo and the Revenant Maduro. But the Revenant Connecticut, only available in a sampler pack and only available unpressed. So it is going to be in a regular cylindrical cigar. It is not going to be in a box pressed mode. And it's only available in a special, special sampler pack that was just released or is about to be released. So you should start to see those probably in the next couple of weeks. But those of you that are Officers Club members, you are the first to receive the Gurkha Revenant Connecticut. Again, it will only come in a special six pack of, of uh, the Revenant samplers. So you get the Revenant Corojo, the Revenant Maduro, and then you'll get, of course, two Revenant Connecticut's. But you, as an Officers Club member, you're first to receive it. So let's talk about the Gurkha Revenant. Originally released in just a Corojo and a Maduro presentation. However, the binder, all of them, Cameroon. So it is a Cameroon binder across the entire line, but the wrapper and filler change. For example, on the Revenant Corojo, it uses a, a Honduran Corojo wrapper. For the Maduro, it uses a Mexican San Andres wrapper. The filler primarily is Nicaraguan broadleaf, as well as either Corojo or a Dominican T13. Now, for the Revenant Connecticut, it's using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, so it's going to have a little bit of mellowness, creaminess, sweetness. The filler, Criollo 98, USA, and Nicaragua. So it's got some USA broadleaf within the Revenant Connecticut, and that's going to give it some additional sweetness. You will absolutely love this cigar. It only comes in one size, a 6-inch by 50 Toro. Six inches in length, 50 ring gauge, 50 64ths of an inch. Beautiful looking stick. I've got it in my hand. I love the Toro. It's my favorite size. Nice aroma. This is going to be a mild, pleasant, I shouldn't say mild, mild to medium, but very pleasant, creamy, very satisfying cigar. A cigar that you can enjoy anytime, morning, noon, or night. The Gurkha Revenant Connecticut in my hand. My litation selection for today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Ma ma Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, I've got my five-star. It is five jet butane flames arranged in a pentagon arrangement. It's got a translucent tank. I've got half the tank that is filled. It has got a built-in cigar bullet cut or piercer. Listen to those five flames. Playing golf, you're fishing, you're outside. Works like a charm. That's what I will use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut, as always. Let me now toast the foot of this Gurkha Revenant Connecticut. And as I said, it went out. This is the latest we have ever had an Officers Club shipment go out. But between waiting for the new Gurkha Revenant Connecticut and, of course, all the supply chain issues, the bans, 
just everything is one thing after another. And I have spoken to numerous manufacturers over the last two, three weeks, and they say, while things have gotten better, it's still not great. They still are behind. They are back-ordered. It is uh, certainly a crazy time, and not just in the cigar industry, all industries. All right, as I toast the foot of this Gurkha Revenant, Connect, beautiful Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. I'm getting some sweet aroma right off the bat. Toasting the foot of the cigar. Let me puff and rotate, and I will take my time. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Nice draw. Mm. So I blow on the foot of the cigar. I've got one area that needs a little touch-up. We always want an even amber glow across the foot of the cigar. As I blow across the foot, now I have the perfect even amber glow. Take several puffs. Mm. Nice creaminess. A little bit of sweetness. It's got personality. This is not going to be a super, super mild cigar. It's definitely built for flavor. You've got a very nice mm, Cameroon binder. Criollo 98 filler, the Nicaraguan filler, and the USA Broadleaf filler. So you've got some very nice mm, tobaccos that are within this cigar, yielding a very nice taste. Again, only available, the Connecticut Revenant, Connecticut, the Gurkha Revenant, Connecticut, only available in the special Gurkha Revenant six-pack sampler. So if you like this cigar, those of you that receive it as a member of the Officers Club, you like this cigar, your only way to get it is to buy the Gurkha Revenant Sampler Pack. Mm. Excellent. All right, my cigar is now lit. I am hot. I am quite hot at the events that took place on Monday evening. The brazen assault against a political opponent of the current president who is in charge of the brain-dead Biden regime. When we come back, I will get into what has taken place this week and how we have now become the banana republic of America. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balanced smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Monday evening, I believe we were all shocked and surprised when the cable news networks and, of course, the various social media networks were starting to report President Trump, former President Trump's tweet that his home in Palm Beach, Mar-a-Lago, was being raided by jackbooted federal FBI thugs. He was more polite than I just was. And, of course, there was nonstop coverage, and it has gone on all week. And make no mistake, what we saw take place on Monday, this egregious violation 
raiding a former president's home under the guise of the National Records Act is an absolute blatant load of BS. When I watched Merrick Garland, who is an absolute, what? thank goodness we don't have that son of a bitch on the Supreme Court. If there's one thing McConnell did right, and there's not many, it's that he prevented the vote on Merrick Garland from taking place. Thank goodness. We're finding truly what a scumbag that Merrick Garland is. He's a weak, pathetic, beta scumbag. First, he denied. Oh, this didn't, this didn't go to me. No, no, this was lower level. Denied that, that he had had anything to do with it. Then, of course, he admits it. And, of course, we all know this went right to the top. This went to brain-dead Biden. But we all know that the Biden regime is not run by a brain-dead president that can't even properly, that, that basically shakes hands with air. Doesn't shake hands with people. He shakes hands with air. He can't put his own sport coat or sweater on. And I don't mean that, and I've stated this over, I don't mean that to be mean-spirited. I don't mean that to, to make light of his mental condition, not at all. I do not in any way, shape, or form. But it is very clear he is not mentally fit for the rigors required to sit in the Oval Office. But make no mistake, the brain-dead Biden regime is run not by Biden. It is run by Barack Obama, Valerie Jarrett, and Susan Rice. There's a reason Susan Rice was installed as a special domestic policy advisor and not in a position which requires senatorial confirmation. She'd never get confirmed, not after Benghazi, not after all the nonsense that took place where she wrote that email to her after the meeting, knowing what took place, the spying on the Trump campaign and the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the bullshit steel dossier. So she's been installed to run the show. And it is coming directly from Barack Obama, Valerie Jarrett, the ultra-leftist lurch absolutely coming from them. Biden doesn't know what planet he is on. But when we saw the egregious raid on the immediate past president's home, not only were Republicans mortified and independents, but many Democrats as well. There was a poll that came out, I think a day or two later, saying that, I think showing 76% of Americans, those polled, said what took place was unacceptable, was egregious violation. What took place on Monday is exactly the same things that take place in Central America, Cuba, South America. Let me give you examples. Hugo Chavez, Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. What do they do to their political opponents, to their rivals? They fabricate charges, trumped-up charges, and they put their political opponents in jail, or they exile them. Daniel Ortega, the president of Nicaragua, big cigar manufacturing country. Ortega won with, I think, 32% of the vote the last election. This election, 
he's not very very uh, not favorable in the in the polls. Not favored. Multiple other candidates that were running against him. So what has he done? He again, there's about four or five. They magically all were arrested. And they were arrested for trumped-up charges such as being enemies of the state or, or espionage, all fabricated nonsensical charges. Fidel Castro in Cuba, he did it for his 50-year reign. Political dissidents, political opponents, political adversaries. He harassed, he assaulted, he arrested all of those people. What we are seeing and what we saw this Monday was blatant banana republic dictatorial tactics, pure and simple. Now you have to remember, President Trump's crime, his original crime in 2016, was beating Hillary Clinton, who had already anointed herself as the president and the commander-in-chief. That was his first crime, and Democrats couldn't take it. They couldn't accept it. And what did we see in Washington? All those rioting, all the women with those stupid pussy hats. And yet, did we hear anything about the, the damages that were done, the destruction, cars set on fire, windows broke? Not a thing. Not a thing. No insurrection when we heard actresses saying we should go blow up the White House. Did the Secret Service come in and arrange a meeting with them? Not a thing. But I guarantee you, if you or I said, let's blow up the White House with Biden inside, you can be sure you'd have the Secret Service paying you a visit. So Trump's first mortal sin and crime, winning, beating Hillary Clinton. And then he beat the Russia hoax. The bullshit steel dossier. The fact that he was colluding with, with Russia and he was a plant for, for Vladimir Putin. Russia, Russia, Russia. We heard it nonstop for four years. Oh, that was planted by Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. By the way, where is the John Durham investigation? I haven't seen anything lately. It's been what? Three years? Two years? Whatever it is. I think it's three years. Haven't heard anything. They all the Dems, all the people that participated, they all are still walking. They're all scot-free. And then we had two fabricated impeachments. Not one, but two. Trump beat them both. And then the January 6th Democrat show trial, created for primetime television. Hasn't moved the needle. Americans are over this bullshit January 6th insurrection. And they see right through the fact that Democrats are not asking the big question, the correct questions. Why didn't the Washington, D.C. police, why didn't the Capitol Police, why did they not accept President Trump and the Pentagon's offer to provide 10,000 National Guard troops? That's never been asked, or never been asked in any of the, it's been asked by Republicans, but it's never been asked by the January 6th committee. It is a biased, tilted committee. And then President Trump keeps on winning. President Trump has endorsed a total thus far in elections of 203 candidates. Last week, during the primaries in Arizona, where they Wisconsin, uh, Arizona, wherever they were last week, uh, 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 Missouri, 
President Trump, on August 9th, endorsed seven candidates. He was six, six and one. Six wins, one loss. Bringing his total record thus far this year to 185 wins and 18 losses. Now, we heard the Libstream media say that President Trump is losing his grip on the Republican Party. President Trump is not popular. Republicans don't want him anymore. That was all fake news. That was all nothing more than a psychological operation to get people to thinking that President Trump doesn't hold sway and doesn't have the gravitas within the Republican Party. The voters said otherwise. Last week, 6-1. and one. Overall this year, 185 wins and 18 losses. I think that's a 92.5% winning percentage. If he was a baseball player, Sergeant Steve, you're a big baseball fan. If President Trump hit 92.5%, hit 925, what kind of a contract do you think he could get at Major League Baseball these days? Juan Soto turned down $440 million over 15 years. It would be a lot bigger than that. Uh, that's correct. And also, Juan Soto was what, a 300 hitter? Yes. Okay, so triple that. You're talking about a $1.2 billion man right there. 185 wins, 18 losses. Now, you tell me, do you think the Democrats are a bit worried? You're damn right they are. They could not defeat him at the ballot box in 2016. We all know they didn't defeat him in 2020. That's why the Democrats are so desperate to prevent him from running. They know he legitimately won in 2020 if it were not for the shenanigans and the fraud that took place in multiple states. So when you can't beat him at the ballot box, when you can't beat him with a contrived Russian conspiracy hoax, when you can't beat him with two impeachments, you can't beat him with a bullshit January 6th Democrat show trial in prime time, there's only one way you beat him and prevent him from running. Find a charge, find a criminal charge, and arrest him. Prevent him from running. Now, if you think that's going to work, you better think again. People were absolutely outraged what they saw on Monday. And first we heard that there were some records, some classified, classified documents. Now, remember, President Trump did not personally pack any of the, whatever it was, 30 boxes. During the period from the time that President Trump left the White House until Biden came in, there's about a six-hour period. You have the White House staff, you have White House aides, you have the General Services Administration responsible for packing and shipping those documents to President Trump. President Trump was cooperating. They turned over a dozen or so boxes back, uh, I believe, in June. They've been having conversations. The, the FBI investigators that came in wanted a better lock on one of the storage facilities. They did it. They complied. Unless you think the president is destroying documents, and there was no, not one morsel of evidence that he was doing so, you say we need these documents and these documents. So first they said it was all about the archives. Now we're hearing it could be because of classified nuclear secrets. What do you think? President Trump has the uh, stole secrets so he can build his own nuclear bomb? 
please spare me. And remember, there's a big question. President Trump declassified much of the materials that he is now in possession of. But the real story that is now being uncovered that I heard yesterday is that President Trump has copies of the documents that he declassified about the original Spygate. He declassified those. It then went over to the, I think the FBI or DOJ, and they sat on it. And they have yet to release it. No surprise. It's going to make them look like a bunch of horses' asses. The truth will come out. President Trump kept a copy of it. Now, if he declassifies them, he's certainly entitled to that. And by the way, presidents have security clearances for life. President Carter, the oldest living president today, he still has his security clearance. Bill Clinton, security clearance. George W. Bush, security clearance. President Trump, security clearance. Barack Obama, they all have their security clearances. So this nonsense, first they said it was because there were certain records missing that the National Archives needed back. Then we heard now there's nuclear. It's because there are nuclear classified top secret documents. And now we're hearing maybe it's because the DOJ wants the Spygate documents. They never want them to be released. We are getting the runaround. This is nothing more than a fishing expedition, what took place Monday. They used it under the guise of the National Archives, but they they dug everywhere. You really, you go into Milani, the first lady's, former first lady's closet? What are they, sniffing panties? So the, the, the thought, the mere ruse that they went in just to look at National Archive requested documents is horseshit. Barack Obama took 30 million documents and shipped them to his future library or library storage facility in Chicago. 30 million documents. And when the archives said, we want them back, he said, I will promise to scan them, digitally scan them, and put them online. He's been out of office now almost six years. Not one document has been digitized and placed online for the American public to view. Not one. Did the archives have a problem with that? So this is all a ruse. This is all a big charade, as they say in Britain. A big charade. Never have we ever seen in this country the same tactics used by third world banana republic dictators. And the FBI is rotten to the core. The FBI should absolutely be dismantled. The FBI has been rotten to the core since its founding in 1935 by J. Edgar Hoover. The FBI, starting with Hoover, continuing on until today under Chris Wray, who, by the way, was recommended to Trump by slob Chris Christie. President Trump should never have listened to a word from Chris Christie. All he did was bring in another swamp rat. Instead of bringing what he should have done is gone and found an agent, a senior agent, people that are respected, that have worked in the agency, that have zero tolerance for any violations of the Constitution against citizens' rights. That's who they should have brought in. Instead of this constant input of these swamp rats in this giant cesspool on, what is it, the sixth or seventh floor of the FBI building. The FBI 
must be dismantled. Period. It reeks. It has reeked since the day it was founded in 1935. Are there some great agents, honest agents? Sure there are. But where are they? They're not coming forward. There were, I think, a number of whistleblowers that came through to a number of Republican senators, but we haven't seen in mass the whistleblowers coming forward saying, hey, what's taking place is nonsense. I mean, Peter Strzok and, 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 and look at all these other idiots, McCabe, these clowns that ran the FBI were guilty, were corrupt, and yet they all get their pensions back. None of them are in jail. Everything is fine. In fact, McCabe gets a gig at uh, CNN. The only salvation is to destroy the FBI by dismantling it. And when President Trump is reelected in 2024, day one, he should say we are dismantling the FBI. Done, finished, we'll start fresh. But we're not going to have this incredible, nonsensical politicization that has taken place. I am telling you right now, the country on Monday night was infuriated. Independents were infuriated, certainly Republicans. In fact, I've spoken to some people this week who are Republican. They're Republicans, but they, they voted for Trump, but they weren't big Trump fans. None of them were big Trump fans. In fact, they've all told me, well, you know, I didn't like the way he tweeted, and yes, he got some things done, but that's not what we need. Well, they all regret it now, uh, seeing the brainless Biden-Obama regime that's been in office now for a year and a half. They've all changed their tune. But on Monday, something happened. When they witnessed the Third World Banana Republic tactics being used to raid President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, they all turned. All of them, maybe a half dozen, said to me, at this point, I'm infuriated. I'm absolutely supporting President Trump. That's it. I'm fed up with what I see. Even some Democrats I've spoken to are fed up. Remember one thing. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. If the Republicans come in and take over, which they will, I think the House and the Senate in the November elections, the midterms, and President Trump wins in 2024, would you want a country where the Republicans then came in and said, great, let's now go after our Democrat political enemies? I want fairness in elections. Whether it's a Democrat, Independent, Republican, I want honest, fair elections. I don't want fraud. I don't want corruption. I don't want a rigged election. And no American, whether you're a Democrat, Independent, Republican, reasonable Democrats, because the ultra-leftists, they don't care. They see nothing wrong with using third-world Banana Republic dictator tactics on their political enemies. But when you talk to reasonable Democrats, and there are not many left, Independents, Republicans, they all say the same thing. No way do I want this to go back and forth. That's not what the United States is about. We don't persecute political enemies. We don't force former presidents to go into exile. That happens in banana republics. It happens in third world countries, but it doesn't happen in the United States. People were outraged. I believe the start of a civil war and possibly a second American revolution the fuse was lit on Monday night. Now, if you want to see the absolute explosion, if corrupt Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, who, who we all know is still has sour grapes because 
he was denied his opportunity to be a Supreme Court justice. Of course he's going to be angry. Of course he's going to be bitter. Of course he's going to hold a grudge. I understand that. That's human. But as Attorney General, you cannot allow that to cloud your vision. He doesn't care. And certainly, you cannot tell me that an Attorney General who, let's face it, is not a dumb guy. His actions are stupid, his actions are dumb, but he's not a dumb guy. To say, oh, this will have no problem, this, this will be just like anything, it won't be a big deal, this is going to set the country ablaze, it's starting. The fuse has been lit. And should they arrest President Trump on any bullshit charge, whether they say, well, he had classified documents, or they come up and find some, let's face it, they're combing through those documents. They want to find a crime. If he molested a can of spam, they're going to arrest and indict President Trump. I guarantee you, if the Democrat regime, the Biden regime, and Merrick Garland, DOJ, Chris Wray, if they are stupid enough to dare file charges on Trump and arrest President Trump, you will see. The fuse that has already been lit Monday night will explode. It will detonate, and you will absolutely see the second civil war in this country, and you will see the second American revolution. People are fed up. They're tired of the selective prosecution. Democrats can skate, while Republicans and uh, normal Americans are harassed. We're seeing it with what took place January 6th to keep Americans in solitary confinement and horrendous conditions in those uh, in the DC jails now for a year and a half is unconscionable. It is absolutely the first thing President Trump ought to do when he becomes president, first second, pardon every one of them. The way they've been treated, whether they are guilty or not, is unacceptable. That's number one. Number two, fire the five thousand people that are part of the spoil system in the various agencies, get rid of them, get rid of all the attorneys, fire Christopher Ray, get rid of everybody, and really drain the swamp. But the Dems' ultimate game is to arrest President Trump. Make no mistake, they have crossed the Rubicon. They have crossed the line. The FBI, the DOJ, they're both corrupt. The Biden regime is going to arrest its political opponents. And they're going to do so using fabricated charges so they can avoid defeat in future elections. Americans today, if the election were held today, President Trump would not only win the Electoral College, he would win the popular vote. And that's according to Richard Barris, who is amongst the premier, absolute premier data pollsters in the country. His numbers have been spot on everywhere. While you hear these nonsensical polls all over the place by Democrat-leading pollsters, his have been spot on, both in favor of Republicans and those that were in favor of Democrats. He gives you honest numbers. He would win. President Trump today would win the popular vote. We've never seen that happen with a Republican in, what, 50 years. The Democrats are terrified. When you see a district in, in South Texas along the Mexican border that has been Democrat for 100-plus years, a Republican Hispanic female wins, 
You don't think the Democrats are paying attention? When you see other Trump MAGA candidates in districts across the country showing that they are well ahead of their Democrat opponent, you don't think the Democrats take note? The Democrats are terrified. They know they are going to lose. The only way they can win, one of two ways. They rig the election again, and the Republicans have figured this out. They have finally awoken from two years ago and said, no chance. They tried to do it in Maricopa County during the gubernatorial election, during the primary for a Republican between Carrie Lake and Karen Robeson, and they failed. They failed partly because Carrie Lake said, go and vote in person. In fact, I did so yesterday. We have our primaries, I think August 23rd here in Florida. I already voted in the Republican primary. I get a mail-in ballot, but I took it with me, and I said I want to cast my ballot in person. They scratched it. They X'd it out. They put void on it. I witnessed it. They then handed me a new ballot, and I voted, and I placed it in the scanner. We don't vote with machines here in Florida. We use the old paper ballots. You fill it in with a blue with, a, with a, a dark black pencil or a black pen. And you scan it through, and all the ballots, the hard copies are saved, as it should be. Dump these machines. Why we use these machines is beyond me. It costs millions and millions. We see they're subject to rigging, but yet many states are still using them. But you'll see a change. Those Republican-controlled states, Arizona, if Kerry Lake wins for governor and the Secretary of State and Attorney General all win, Republicans, you will see they will dump those machines as they should. Get rid of them. We got rid of them in Florida, I think, what, 2005? First we had the chads, then we had the machines. They got rid of those, and now we use paper ballots that are optically scanned where every ballot is saved. That's how it should be. So when you can't, as a Democrat, beat President Trump, you can't beat Republicans, and you no longer can rig elections, there's only one way out to retain control. And remember, Democrats will do anything to remain in power. They will break the law. They will be dubious. They will, be, they will do anything to remain in power, and that includes arresting, for the first time in American history, a former president. We are now in the banana republic of Obama-Biden. Make no mistake. And a, a, just a, a word of warning to Merrick Garland, Christopher Ray, Biden, Obama, Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice, should you dare arrest President Trump for a bullshit charge, you will unleash a nation that has never been unleashed before since the Civil War. Guaranteed. And it won't be pretty. And my fear is they will try to arrest President Trump publicly at some event or where he is, he is uh, scheduled to do a rally, make a big spectacle of it, saying, oh, he violated the law. Nobody's above the law. I love when Garland says that. Nobody's above the law. Nancy Pelosi, nobody's above the law, except all Democrats, including Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden and Peter Strzok and, uh, and McCabe and every other FBI agent, government official that took place in blatantly illegal, fraudulent activities against the president. They all are above the law. What they meant to say is 
No Republican is above the law, but all Democrats are above the law with certainty. That's what they really meant to say. Now, I've always stated, you've heard me numerous times, we are now living in a country, in a world, where over 50% of Americans and worldwide residents are stupid. Not us, because we are alphas. We're educated, we're intelligent, we're loaded with common sense. We do our own research. We think for ourselves. We use facts. I always say, if you want to debate a Democrat or a liberal, just come with the facts. Because if you come with the facts, you will defeat them. They will get frustrated very quickly. They will, they will rush into a hissy fit, and they'll say, I can't talk to you. You're not being reasonable. And they will run away. They will hide. They will lose the debate. It happens over and over. I have an example. This took place. This is a reporter who interviewed a, the sole protester against President Trump in front of Trump Tower earlier this week. Take a listen to this Rhodes Scholar. What a genius. Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning in documents? I former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts, I guess? <sighs> provable criminal acts. Well, I'm just, I, I, <clears throat> I'm done talking. Uh-huh, I'm done talking. That happens in every debate with a liberal. Every single one. Oh, I'm done. Gotta go. You, you, nope, 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 nope. Can't talk to you anymore. This guy, oh, it's provable. He did it. Okay, well, give me an example. And then, of course, he can't. Because Democrats and liberals are stupid. They comprise the majority of the 51% of Americans plus that are stupid. Again, those of us that are cigar connoisseurs, that are alphas, we rise above them in our superior intelligence. I'm not afraid to say that. You shouldn't be afraid to say that. When you hear this schmuck stating blatantly, oh, he should be arrested because of all the criminal activities. Okay, we'll name one. Uh, I, I, I got to end this conversation. And by the way, the reporter was wrong. He, the President Trump wasn't arrested. They raided. He should have said, what do you think of, of the Department of Justice, the FBI, raiding President Trump's home in Florida? That's what they should have said. Let's listen to that one more time. Take a listen. Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning in documents? Well, I a former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts, I guess? <sighs> provable criminal acts. Well, I'm just, I, I, I'm done talking. Is that not epic? Is that not beautiful? Okay, I'm, I'm done talking. Ah, oh, uh, yeah. I'm done talking. Classic. Classic debate with an uninformed, uneducated liberal that will never put facts on display, ever. We're at a precipice in this country. Americans are fed up with the Washington, D.C. swamp. They're fed up with Americans being treated last. President Trump, kept his promises, said, I'm going to treat Americans for America first and Americans first. President Trump would not have shipped $65 billion worth of aid to a corrupt Ukraine. That I can tell you. First, Putin would dare invade Ukraine if President Trump was sitting in the Oval Office. No chance. No chance she pulls this nonsense uh, uh, with Taiwan uh, conducting military exercises. No chance in hell. 
No way. Americans are fed up with being treated last. They're fed up with inflation. They're fed up with a high cost of gas. They're fed up with 2 million illegal aliens being allowed right across the border, doing nothing to stop them. They are fed up with everything taking place under the Obama-Biden regime. No chance of winning in the midterms and no chance of beating President Trump in 2024. So they now have their game plan. We all see it, but be careful. DOJ, FBI, Biden, Rice, Obama, Jarrett, be very, Garland, be very, very careful. The country is one millimeter away from a second American revolution and a civil war. And it won't end pretty for the Democrats. That I would most assuredly bet on if Vegas was throwing odds on it. All right, when we come back, we'll tell you a final concluding segment. We'll tell you about a brisket heist, and then we'll end on a funny note with one of the great legendary comedians, Buddy Hackett. You may not be familiar with him. He was very big in the, uh, the 60s, 70s, but if you've never heard him, you'll enjoy it. I came across, uh, uh, came across a, a joke uh, somebody had sent me uh, on Facebook, so we'll share that with you around the corner. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers... Full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Be sure to subscribe to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, where we talk the alpha male lifestyle, including cigars, libations, technology, grilling, politics, and more. Search Bold Alpha anywhere you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balanced smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. At one time, brisket was the cheapest cut on the cow because it was the toughest cut on the cow. You had to cook it for a long time. You had to braise it. You had to smoke it. It wasn't like throwing a steak on the grill and in 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes, you're good to go. Not so with the brisket. The brisket is the chest muscle on the cow that gets the most amount of work because the most amount of weight for a cow is on the front quarters. So consequently, they're standing, that muscle gets all the work. It's a tough muscle, and that's, of course, what meat is. It's a muscle. 
At one time, it was cheap. You know, you're talking about $1.29, $1.49. Prime brisket I used to buy at Costco, $1.69 a pound when President Trump was in office. And when he left office, it was $1.99. And then now I think it's for prime $4.79, $4.89 a pound. It has gone up, up, up. It has become more valuable. It's like a commodity now. Nowhere better of an example of this than at the famous Texas barbecue restaurant in Austin, Texas, called La Barbecue. Very well-known place. When I was in Austin visiting about five years ago, I went to a whole bunch of barbecue places. I was there, I think, for five days. I went to, I think, bar- I think I had breakfast for barbecue, a barbecue for breakfast, barbecue for lunch, barbecue for dinner. There was barbecue, I was trying it. And one was better than the other. Fantastic. Well, thieves broke into La Barbecue earlier, or last week, late last week, 4 a.m., jumping over a side fence, cutting off the barbecue pit locks, loading more than 20 whole briskets into an SUV before driving off. They stole thousands of dollars worth of beef briskets. Each brisket was worth 180 bucks. Because they use, at La Barbecue, I'm sure they use amongst the top prime that are available. They're not going to Costco to get their briskets. They're using probably some American Wagyu. But $180, so $3,500 worth of briskets have been stolen. They were prepped, they were cold smoking overnight. This is not the first time that it's taken place. It's taken place a number of times. The fifth break-in at La Barbecue in Austin since opening a decade ago. Brisket, as I mentioned, more expensive than ever amid rising production costs, amid fuel costs, and soaring demand now amongst amateur pitmasters across the United States. I'm one of those examples. I didn't start becoming a pitmaster till I was I wasn't a pit anything. I didn't know what I was doing when I first put my first brisket on back in November of 2020. I basically didn't know how to trim it. I didn't know the proper length to wrap when to wrap it, when to I didn't know anything. But I quickly became an expert pitmaster. And in that short time, I will tell you my briskets are world class. I will put them up to anybody. I use a special bold alpha barbecue seasoning, my own custom-made seasoning. I get rave reviews, just the right amount of pellets that I use, the, the mixture of oak and a secret blend that I use, the amount of time when I wrap it, phenomenal. But we've seen more people, especially with pellet grills, get into smoking meats and especially briskets. So brisket has gone up almost 300% in a year and a half. It is absolutely crazy. And when you see rising costs of anything, rising inflation like we've seen, people are stealing briskets, they're stealing gas, there are more burglaries, more theft. Even I just read a, a, a report in one of the newspapers saying that homicides increase as a result of inflation. And under Bidenflation, things have gone through the roof higher than ever. And here's a perfect example. Imagine that. You go to La Barbecue. You show up at 11 o'clock. Get in line. You want your brisket. And they say, I'm sorry, we have no brisket today. All 20 of our briskets. And that's probably 
Oh, I bet you they probably buy about 18, 20 pound briskets by the time they're done trimming them. You're probably looking eh, probably at about 13 pounds of brisket, let's say. So let's just say 12 when it's done. You're talking about probably 250 to 300 pounds of brisket. Gone. That is an outrage. Clearly, brisket now and barbecue meat is a product that now will require proper security. Not just a locked smoker, but an actual live security guard or two. Who would have thought? So this weekend, when you uh, go to a barbecue joint and you have some brisket, just remember, the thieves are lurking. They want to steal barbecue from restaurants and maybe from you. So if you have a home smoker, you better be sure you properly secure your barbecued meats. All right, let's end up on a funny note. We've had between Olivia Newton-John and the, the Banana Republic tactics that took place against President Trump earlier this week, we've had a rough week. So let's end it. I always like to have some sort of happy, festive, funny segment within the show. Buddy Hackett, one of the great comedians, a Borscht Belt comedian. Now, Don Rickles was certainly very well known, but back in the late 50s, 60s, and 70s, Buddy Hackett was at his peak. I remember watching an HBO comedy special with Buddy Hackett in the early 80s when HBO was really in its infancy, recorded from Las Vegas. I didn't realize how funny and how dirty he was at the same time. But one of the great, his jokes were a little different. They weren't one-liners. They were more like stories. They weren't like Don Rickles, the insults, not like an Eddie Murphy, not like a Dave Chappelle. He really was a joke teller, a storyteller. This is a perfect example. He was on The Tonight Show. This has got to be in the early 80s with the great Johnny Carson. And let's pick it up from he's, where he begins to tell an interesting joke about a gypsy traveler. Anyway, knocks on the door and yes, is I am a weary gypsy traveler. <laughs> I will do any kind of work you want me to do if you will just let me sleep in your barn. He says, you won't sleep in a barn? You are a weary, weary traveler. You may spend the night in my home. I will give you dinner and put you... Then I will work. You don't have to work. Gives him a nice dinner. He goes to sleep. Gets up in the morning, a nice breakfast. What work can I do? You don't have to work. The Lord means for us to extend friendship to weary travelers. He says, in that case, being gypsy and having the ability to converse with animals... I will talk to your animals. You don't have to talk. To, look at this guy. He's going to talk to the animal. You don't have to do that. Just go on your way. I want to. All right. He's gone about 20 minutes. He comes back. He says, I spoke to your horses. Now, you've changed the bit. Recently, you've changed. You had a nice oval bit in their mouth. You've got a triangular bit, and it's pulling on their jaws, and they can't pull as much weight. You think that... You're right, he says. Yeah, he's right. I did change the bit. It's a triangle bit. I'll change it. I'll put back the O's. Yes. And the cows. I was speaking to the cows. And the milking machines are set at 36 pulsations. And it's painful. You used to have it at 28. He says, he's right. I'm going to put it back to... Look at this. He said, and I was speaking to the sheep. Those liars don't believe a word. Absolute classic. 
The sheep, they're liars. The great Buddy Hackett. In fact, if you saw Herbie and the Love Bug, I think that was around the 70s, he was in that. And if you have a chance, do a search, do an internet search, Buddy Hackett video, and you'll see some great performances, funny as hell, an underappreciated uh, great comedian. So great way to end on uh, this edition of the Cigar Dave Show. A couple of reminders. Don't forget, make sure that you subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show podcast, as well as give us a five-star review, especially if you appreciate the fact that we tell it straight up. No bull, politically incorrect. We are unabashed. We tell it exactly like it is. And also our brother podcast, the Bold Alpha podcast, where every Thursday we drop a weekly spirits celebration segment. That is every Thursday. Bold Alpha, Cigar Dave Show. Make sure that you just uh, do a search, subscribe to us, give us a five-star review. And I'm sure in the next few weeks with what's going on, we will have some special shorter broadcasts throughout the course, podcasts throughout the course of the week. So you want to make sure you subscribe and you don't miss a beat. Cigar Dave the General saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Hashtag Red Wave. Hashtag Midterm Republican Victory 2022. Hashtag Trump 2024. Rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John from many fans. Cheers. Live it up.